listening to Here to Chew Bubblegum, recorded from a secret location in the city that moves mountains. Hello, greetings. Greetings. Greetings, my friend. I like that. Thank you, thank you. I actually said it last week and you didn't say anything about it. I didn't care last week. This week I'm pretty pumped oh, about okay. it. Oh, okay. So you do care this week. <laughs> I do care this week. How, how's your week been? I've uh, been pretty good. Greedy. You got a little cut on your nose. What I happened there? I really don't know. I think I... Did you cut it shaving? Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. What? I, I was shaving my unibrow and just, okay. uh, just got a little out of hand. Okay. All right. So uh, you had a good week? I had a pretty good week. How about yourself? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I had a good week. It was a little bit different uh, at the cookie factory. Mm-hmm. That's my day job, and I was in charge this week, and... You know, babysitting kids and making sure they're not eating the cookies coming down the coming down the line or sticking their hands in the right. in the ovens. That that was a little bit draining, but you know, it, sure. it was a good week. Well, good. So so from now on, when you say greetings, are you going to start saying "I come in peace"? Take me to greetings. Your I come in peace. I like it. See, you you're going to have to come up with something you can say. I do. Um, I'm lost. Hello, this is Cronkite. Howdy, I'm Cronkite. There you go. There you go. That sounds good. We do have some new listeners this week. Oh, all right. Well, uh, I want to thank all of our listeners, as usual. Uh, we do have listeners in the United States, um, the uh, United Kingdom. Uh, new Zealand, Ireland, Canada, the Philippines, Singapore, Nigeria. Uh, yes, Germany. Uh, Australia, and now Indonesia. And now, yes, he is right, ladies and gentlemen. Indonesia. We have a uh, we have listeners in Indonesia, and thank you all very much for listening to Here to Chew Bubblegum. Worldwide. Oh, yes, we are definitely worldwide and growing at a fast rate. And uh, hopefully coming soon in February, we will be on a local radio on Sunday nights. Okay. Uh, we're still in the talks to uh, see how things go. Uh, it's looking good, so keep your fingers crossed. Always. Uh, we may start out with some pre-recorded shows to see how it goes and then do some live shows. Okay. Uh, that's what I really want to do is do some live shows. Absolutely. And you can also hear that worldwide because I've talked to them, you know, some, and uh, their radio station is also heard on the web. So. Oh, wow. And they've also talked about uh, promoting us on their Facebook page. That would be fantastic. So, so, so you mean we can we can, if we do a live show, we can chat with our listeners. Exactly, exactly. That they can call in you know, and, and actually mean, talk yeah, to us. Yeah, definitely. And the listeners could always call in. You know, uh, Ned's here this week, man, in our Facebook page. Hey, Ned, go ahead and make a post on our Facebook page that we are uh, recording. And if anybody wants to call, just tell them the number to call. You know the number, Ned. All right. Thank you very much. Ned shakes his head. Let's hope that he knows it because we're just now starting. We also are on some uh, new platforms. We've been on them for a couple weeks. Uh, we had a glitch where I had to go back and add uh, some more stuff so it would update with all of our shows. But you can some of the platforms you can hear us on, our new one added is on iTunes. Just search Here to Chew Bubblegum. That's how you know you've made it when you hit iTunes. Oh, okay. <laughs> we're also on iHeartRadio. Just oh, search Here to Chew Bubblegum. I like that. So, uh, we're also on Google Podcast and Spotify. Yes, um, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast. Now, what is Pocket Cast? Pocket Cast is a website that you can listen to podcast. That makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. Uh, um, Radio Public, Anchor, and YouTube. Yes, yes, and our YouTube audience is growing. Uh, we want to thank all of our listeners. Uh, 
for everything. Uh, I mean, it's it's mind blowing sometimes to you know when I edit the show and put it up there and then go back and look at the views and downloads and subscribers. It just it's humbling. Thank you guys very much. Yeah, for thank you, thank you very much. Listening to here to Chew Bubblegum, we definitely appreciate that. Uh, we're going to start out this week with some listener email. Cronkite, you you want to start out? You can start us out there. Sure. This is uh, from Angela in Georgia. Hello, Angela. Uh, I'd like uh, I'd like second the email that Selena. Okay, maybe it's I'd like to second the email from Selena uh, uh, from California sent last week. Here to chew bubblegum doesn't does make me laugh when I'm down. I found last week's show very interesting and have went down the rabbit hole myself. Uh, the reason I'm writing is to ask, have you guys ever heard about the Garden City ghost car? It happened in Georgia. Uh, I'd like to hear your feedback on this. Thank you for your time. I have never heard of that, but, you know, there are several uh, ghost stories I've mm-hmm. heard about ghost cars and, right. and you know, entities around cars right. and things like that. I would like to actually look into this. This okay. would be a good one. All right. Well, after we get done reading all the emails, you keep that sheet. Okay. Make a mark by that, and sure. we can talk about that. Yeah, thank you very much, Angela. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Uh, I've never heard of that myself. I've never heard of it either, but I'm I'm going to look into it, and I think that'll be a good one. That sounds good to me. Our next listener email is from HDRKID. HDRKID from Wisconsin. And uh, that individual, male or female, said... Today was a sad day for me. Most of the Christmas lights are gone. It is a dreary new year. At least those lights brought me some joy. I expect that more tragic events will occur. Already the virus has mutated into a more uh, violent form that spreads easy. Why can't um, we be in a timeline where everybody has flying cars? Well, I have no idea. And uh, thank you very much for reaching out for me. Uh, he, he, now, he or she is having a moment. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, but thank I, you, know, you very much for listening to the show. I, I, yeah. that's, that's kind of some of the people that have left messages in the past. You know, uh, you know. But you know, I I agree with them though. I mean, once once the holiday season is over and all the Christmas lights are down and things like that, it is just dreary, awful. Mm-hmm. Well, I, Everything's I, I dead. want to scold you right now because you shouldn't laugh. Uh, people with mental illness—that's nothing to laugh about. I'm not. I'm not laughing at that. Listen, don't don't you try to throw me under the bus. Why's your face turning red for me? Because now I, now I think I've offended someone, and I didn't mean to. Well, they're they want to be in a time. Maybe they're in a timeline with flying cars. I hope so. But thank you very much for come, for come uh, get me. reaching out and sending us that email. Uh, Cronkite, you got another one there, I think. Super Dave from Texas writes. I love uh, the name. Cronkite, Batman sucks. Well, I don't like this guy already. <laughs> I like Super Dave. Uh, Goose is right. Superman is the ultimate superhero. He can do everything. Ned, who is your favorite superhero? That's a tough one. Big boy doesn't count. I see Ned <laughs> as kind of a kind of a uh, Green Lantern fan. Are you a Green Lantern fan? What about Aquaman? I see him as a dead. What person. about Aquawoman? I don't think there is an awful woman. I just made that up. <laughs> I have no idea. I've not really thought about it. So you're not really into super to superhero movies? No, not that much. Okay. So you'll you'll pass on that question. I'll pass. Okay. Well, thank you very much, Super Dave. You are a smart guy. And uh, we really appreciate that email. 
Cronkite, do you have anything to say before we move on to the next one? Batman's way better, and I have a podcast, so <laughs> I win. Uh, Will Marshall wrote, Hi, I've had a couple of things happen. I saw a giant triangle UFO with two other people. I was sober. Uh, I was 14 to 15 years old. We were laying on top of a houseboat on Lake Roosevelt at night in Washington. Uh, I'm 38 now, and that was a long time ago. I've had some insane uh, hallucinogens uh, or something like that from lack of sleep. I've also had some insane hallucinogens or something like that from lack of sleep. I apologize to you there, Will Marshall. Thank you very much for writing in. I was uh, trying to look ahead at the next line there. <laughs> Put the cart before the horse on reading. But, uh, yeah, uh, you know, uh, have you, if you've noticed lakes, have a more people see UFOs near or unexplainable stuff near bodies of water. And as we've talked about in the past, um, like nuclear power plants or army bases. Mm-hmm. Yes, for sure. And, you know, I wonder if it's a lot to do with uh, where lakes are away from city centers and populated areas and there's not as much light pollution and it you can see be. you can see it, it could in the be. sky like that that's very possible that's very possible all right you ready for me to move on go ahead hudson from kentucky writes how can you guys not be uk basketball fans i mean yeah the preseason games were pathetic but come on guys you're from kentucky also on last week's show you mentioned that an email made cronkite mad you never said what it was what was in the message disclosure 2021 the truth is out there well, I firmly believe, too, that the truth is out there, and hopefully we'll have disclosure. Uh, normally, before we start with the show, uh, you know, I'll tell Cronkite about emails or text mm-hmm. or something I'll receive, and he'll do the same thing. And uh, Sorry, my friend, I apologize. I didn't give you a heads up on that. I appreciate that. <laughs> reading it live on the show and reacting to it. Uh, to answer, I'm, I'm just not really a sports fan. I mean, yeah. you know, I've not watched the Super Bowl in years. Well, and, and, you know, myself, I'm not the typical sports fan either. I, you know, like we've talked about, like, auto racing right. and, and airplanes and everything right. like that. I don't particularly like You know, I would like to see people you know, have airplane races. They do do that. Do they really? Yeah, the Reno Air, Air Race. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wow. It's pretty cool. Okay. It's pretty cool. What about a helicopter race? Do they do that? I don't know. Balloon races. I think they used to do that back in the 1800s. Well, there you go. So, <laughs> uh, as far as that email, uh, I mean, I still don't think that's something we can. Well, we I'll just share basically or, tell you, just uh, you know, and thank you very much for listening and picking up on details in the show. Uh, it, it was just somebody that you know. Our show is not about politics. It's not about racism. It's about paranormal UFOs time travel, other dimensions. So if you write in and you're, you know, uh, talking about this and that, and it doesn't uh, really go with our subjects that we talk about, we're not going to read it on the air. Exactly. You know, and and the fact, I don't know about you, Goose, but for me, doing this show distracts me from the everyday... Negativity. Craziness that's going on in our world. I don't want to be reminded of it during during the time I want to be able to chill out and focus on something else. Exactly. But thank you very much for your time, Hudson. We definitely appreciate you writing in, and please continue to write in. Uh, let's see. Our next one is Wanda from Venus, and she, uh, she uh, suggested, uh, Hello, everyone. I'm a new listener. This is my first time writing in. 
uh, if you do an, uh, if you do another live video, you should do it later uh, in the day or night. Also, great job, Cronkite, on the report about the monolith in your area. Oh, thank and you. There, yeah, and I was going to mention that and forgot to in my notes. Uh, we had a monolith appear yeah, about, what, 20 minutes from where we actually record at. Yes. And Cronkite was on the scene that day. I was. I was there. What did you think about that? Because I know you followed the monolith stories, and you, you want to believe they're all real. Yeah, uh, I do. I want to believe they're all real, but I, I don't believe this one was uh, was an actual. Oh, my God, really? U- this one was UFO. not real? Yeah, I don't believe it was. Uh, oh, you mean um, aliens didn't leave it? I don't think they did. I am I, shocked. I can't be 100% for sure. Oh, my gosh. However. Well, what gives you that idea that aliens didn't leave it? Um. Pretty sure Bubby in his garage made it. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> and uh, evidently not that well. From no, what you told it was it was not it was not a well put together piece. Okay. However, it was something cool, yes. and it did get us a little bit of attention yes, in this yes, area. Yeah. You know, um, so I, if if this if this person that made this monolith, kudos, good job for for keeping the monolith story going. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean it was a little, it was a little rough around the edges, and and I I apologize for crapping on your work, but at the same time, if you're listening to the show, man, write in, lady, write in, tell us about everything, why why you built the monolith and why you put it there, um, because that's that's pretty cool, you know, you're following the story, uh, you know, are you just are you just doing it for attention, or are you just doing it for uh, is there is there a hidden agenda? That I'm not aware about why there's so many popping up. Right. I would like to know. Did you actually touch it? I did. What did it feel like? It felt like uh, like like metal. Did it? Now, did the metal feel like it was from this earth? It did. Yes, it did. It did, and it and it even clanged because um, it was hollow. Mm-hmm. I, I I pecked on it. You what? You pecked on it. I pecked on it. Oh, okay. We actually had someone just text in, uh, just just now. Fantastic. Um, hey, Goose, Cronkite, and Ed. I found there are hundreds of experts about aliens out in the world. Who do you think is the most credible and uh, who who she interested parties stay away from? And who should the interested parties stay away from, I guess, actually says she. Thank you very much for uh, writing in. We definitely appreciate that. Oh, definitely. So you got an answer for that? Yeah, Stephen Greer is my big fan. Or I'm a big now, fan of his. Stephen Greer is good when he's talking about aliens and stuff. When mm-hmm. and this is my opinion, when he's talking about the how to contact him and he's got his little laser pointer. I just find that stuff boring, man. I mean, it's like an infomercial to me. I I, I find everything he do he does uh, fast. Now I haven't seen the new one, the, okay. the new now, the new and, documentary and that's the one yet. I'm talking about. Yeah, I haven't seen it yet. Um, I haven't had a chance to have been, I've been pretty busy the last little bit since we've actually talked about it. But, you know, I'm just going from Unacknowledged and some of the stuff I've watched on him on YouTube. Now, Unacknowledged was great. Yeah, great film. I, I think that he he is probably one of the foremost experts on the subject. But also, Giorgio Sukios, or whatever his name is on Ancient Aliens. I, I'm a big fan okay. of him. <laughs> I think uh, I think he's legit. I think Dr. Stephen Greer is, is, is probably the top one. Yes. Uh, let's see. Let me go back real quick just to make sure I didn't miss anything here. Um, who do you think is the most credible? Who should people stay away from? Oh, okay. Uh, you want to go first on that? Just dropping equipment all over the place. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't, um, 
listen, I'm not going to say I'm not going to say you should stay away from anyone. I mean, I, I, everyone has a reason for reporting mm-hmm. on what they do. You know, at the same time that. That would be like somebody slamming us and saying, oh, well, these, these guys don't know what they're talking I'm gonna about. I'm going to go ahead and say know? that you should stay away from the guy that made the monolith that Cronkite actually saw in person. Definitely. Unless you're a fan of the show, then call in, please. <laughs> Let's see. You want to uh, – I guess it's your turn there, isn't it? Yep. Uh, Paul from Arizona says, hello there to chew uh, – hello here to chew bubblegum. Uh, that is not a there. That is a here to chew bubblegum. Uh, it says hello here to Chew Bubblegum. I love the new Facebook profile pic. Yeah, uh, we didn't. We haven't talked about that. Yes. If you haven't seen it yet, it is awesome. Thank you, Paul. It is for sure awesome. Uh, did you find out anything else about the Musk and Tesla connections? Please keep me updated in any new findings. This is an ongoing thing. I mean, it is a deep, deep rabbit hole that just keeps going and rolling and going. Paul, I am still gathering information. Uh, any anything new that pops up, I'm I'm gathering it all up. So yeah, I will I will continue, but it's not something that we're going to keep doing every week. Right. Uh, but the, you definitely need to keep us updated on it for sure. Absolutely. Uh, our final email comes from the New World Order, and uh, they write, "Hey Ned, oh, hey Ned, I just wanted to say that you are getting better and better each week." You seem to provide wis- the wisdom of the group. Oh Just my kidding, gosh. Goose and Cronkite. Keep up the good work, and I'm really enjoying the new midweek moment show. Awesome. So, well, thank you there, NWO. So, yeah, and they, you know, and I and uh, Ned is uh, great on the show. We love having Ned. We're very fortunate that Ned is on the show. Uh, it's the Three Musketeers. So, but you know, going back to your email there just a little bit. Yeah, check out the new uh, profile pic. We'll also have a new set piece coming up on the mm-hmm. midweek show this week. Uh, be sure to check that out. Uh, real quick, before we go into break and come back, uh, did you finish Cobra Kai Season 3 yet? Not yet. I'm, I'm working my way through it. What episode are you on? I'm on number four. Okay. What? Are you not? I I'm, mean... I, I'm just not in the mood to binge them. Okay. Like, I mean... Because well, here's... I, I, I wasn't in the mood to binge them either, but when one would end, I would be like, oh, my God, i got to see what happens well, next. So that's the thing. And that would end, I'd be like, oh, my God, i got to see what happens next. Right. And so that's the thing. It's like, but then I do that, and I have done that in the past. Like, mm-hmm. I watch an entire season, you know, on a weekend or something like that, and then it's... i got to wait a year and a half for the next one, and it drops crazy. So I'm just kind of letting it, you know... Smooth, smooth, and okay. pushing okay. and doing. Yep. Okay. Well, that 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 makes sense. Yeah. It's just something else to do. <clears throat> I want to thank everyone for the emails, and you can always contact us. You can call, text, or leave a voicemail by calling six zero six three seven three 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 nine six. You can also email us. You can email Goose at here to chew bubblegum. That's Goose at here to chew bubblegum dot com, or you can email myself Cronkite at uh, here to chew bubblegum as well. We're going to take a short break, and we will be back to talk about U.S. Patent 101-44532-B2. Thank you. 
Hey, here to Chew Bubblegum, we are back. I'm Cronkite, the man sitting next to me is Goose, and of course over in the corner there is Ned, Ned's Corner. How are you doing today, Ned? Goose, talk to me. What are we what are we going on about tonight? Oh, we're going on about tonight. Yeah, what are we what are we rambling okay, about? You're 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 ready, huh? Yeah, well, what are we rambling about today? We don't ramble, we educate. <laughs> we 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 uh, share stories with our audience. Professionally regurgitate what we find. Okay, and you are ear candy. Don't forget that. That's a fact. <laughs> uh, we're going to start out the show with segment one, talking about U.S. Patent one zero one four four five three two. B2. Did you happen to see the pictures that I put on our Facebook page? I did. In a week? Yes, I did. That is a picture of this patent. Just from looking at the picture, what did you think about it? Did it? What did it look like to you? To me, I thought about the lots of Phoenix. Okay. The Phoenix lots. But did it look like something from this planet? It kind of did. It, I mean, it, really? it, it didn't, but it did. Like, it looked like something that maybe... Uh, Maybe had been reversed engineered, mm-hmm. right? But, but something we had built. There you go. Yeah. There you go. That's what I'm getting at. Uh, this is a craft that uses uh, internal mass reduction, and it is now property of the United States Navy, the uh, Department of, of Navy. Of course, it is. Uh, the uh, application for the patent was filed on uh, April 28, 2016. It was given priority uh, filing on that date, and on uh, November 2nd, 2017, the patent was, an application was granted. All right, basically what the uh, patent is, like I said, it was a craft. It uses internal mass reduction, uh, comprises of an uh, inner resistant cavity wall and an outer resistant cavity wall and microwave uh, emitters. They are electrically charged uh, the microwave uh, emitters create high-frequency electro uh, electro magnetic waves. Uh, so you know it's supposed to create a localized uh, polarized vacuum outside and make the uh, outside of it uh, resistant. Now, <clears throat> through my research, this can also uh, fly. It can also go into the ocean, and hmm. we've had. Uh, I think you even have a news story coming up this week, don't you, about uh, something going in the ocean? Yes. Um, do you want me to talk about it? No, but okay. I'm just saying there's a lot of similarities there. Oh, for sure. Uh, you know, with what this is. Now, this was invented by Salvador Caesar Pays. He's an American astrospace engineer who invented and worked at this, uh, and he worked with the Department of Navy from... Uh, until late 2019, early 2020. I wasn't able to find out why he no longer works there. Now, there's not a lot of information for uh, Salvador Cesar Pace online. Uh, What I did find is that he received his advanced education at Case Western Reserve University in Ohio, and he graduated uh, with an MS in 1993. In 1999, he received his Ph.D. for Mechanical and Aerospace Engineering from the same university on the subject of the bubble generation under reduced gravity conditions for both co-flow and cross-flow uh, configurations. Pays uh, researched and was sponsored by NASA, and in 1992, his project at that time was tested by NASA on board the Space Shuttle STS-50. 
his patent applications on behalf of his employers have attracted international attention for their futuristic-sounding technology and potential military and energy-producing applications. They've also uh, led to speculation that this could be misinformation intended to mislead the United States uh, strategic adversaries and misdirect them. And uh, all right, some other patents of his include a uh, room temperature superconductor, uh, and that's supposed to enable the transmission of electrical power with no losses. A uh, nuclear, let's see, a uh, death ray, basically. He uh, invented that. Uh, some of uh, people claim that uh, his inventions, like I said, are a part of a misinformation campaign designed to help America uh, lead the way and have their adversaries chase a ghost project that doesn't exist. Now, I think his projects are real because, you know, we've had recent events of, uh, we had the, uh, what was it, the Tic Tac uh, UFO that went in the ocean on off California. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, uh, and then we had this one in Hawaii recently. Mm-hmm. So, just based on that, on what his craft can do, yeah. I think this is absolutely real uh, technology. It's very interesting, to say the least. I mean, it's one of those... It's one of those things that that make too much sense to be false, if that makes sense. Oh yes, definitely, um, definitely. And and if it is the department, you know, being the Department of the Navy, Navy, the, oh, yeah, they're into absolutely. All that stuff. And you know, they're always looking for a joint strategic fighter or or some kind of craft. What better way to have something that can go be submersible? Right. And can fly in the in the atmosphere. And I totally agree with you. Now, some interesting, other interesting facts that I found out. Okay. Like I said, there isn't a lot written about Dr. Pace. Uh, he has almost no digital trail. No social media, no website, etc. Okay. Uh, some people have claimed that he doesn't exist. That he is a made-up name just so the Navy could use that name or alias to get the patent uh, that they wanted for this craft, okay? Now, uh, his university that he graduated from, the Case Western Reserve University, is in, it's in Cleveland, Ohio, which is less than four hours away from the Wright-Patterson Air Force Base located in Dayton, Ohio. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that? It's pretty coincidental. No, because we all know... Now, what what is his name? His full name? Uh, let's see. Let me flip back over here. Uh, Salvador Caesar Pace, P A I S, or Pace. I'll just <laughs> hand that sheet to you there. Um. So, um, I think that his patent, this first patent. The US 10144532B2. I think that that's a real invention. I don't think that they put that out there to misguide other other uh, countries. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, why would the Navy spend all this money and push for this application and, you know, basically um, speed the process up? Uh, to get this patent, why why would they do that? 
because you don't want this technology to fall in some other country's hands. Well, that's that's what I was going to say is maybe maybe another country has either stumbled upon the same mm-hmm. the same idea or maybe they're building their own craft that's similar. I think countries all across the world that that are not third world countries and that does have the financial resources, I think they do have crafts. I think it's funny that after the patent went through, he no longer works there, mm-hmm. you know, and I wasn't able to find out why. Like I said, some people says that he don't even exist. That's a made-up name. Uh, and that they put all the background information out just to go along with it. Well, now, is it possible that he may have, once once the patent was secured, or, I'm sorry, maybe once the reason they, they, they tried so hard to get it, um, the patent so quick is it possible that he left and went to another country and, and works for another government? Okay, but why would you let... All right, first, why would you let a top scientist go if you're going to get his patent? You know, you wouldn't let him go. You would you would keep him. You know, he, he would, he would be an asset. Him. Sure. You know. Uh, now, there is one interview out. I can't remember the name of the site that allegedly done an interview with him after his termination. It was through email... Mm-hmm. So it wasn't like a, you know, so <clears throat> you can't really say that that was him responding to the questions that they emailed. So it is possible that he doesn't exist. Very possible. That he's just a a fictional person used by, that he himself is the Navy. Correct. Correct. Uh, you know, and I mean, just the similarities where he supposedly went to college at, you know, in Cleveland. You know, that's less than four hours away from Wright Patterson Air Force Base. Yes. Which we all know was connected to the Roswell crash and other unexplained uh, events. Uh, now, some claim that uh, this patent that was patent was originally invented by Roger Sawyer. And uh, he came up with this idea in the early 2000s, and he's actually given credit for the, creating the EM drive. Now, a lot of people are saying that Roger actually invented this back in the early 2000s. And uh, Roger was also an aerospace engineer like uh, Pace, and he also worked for the Department of Navy. Okay, now, there's also very little... There, there, there's more stuff to find on uh, Roger Salyer than there, than there is uh, Dr. Pace. But you know, there's still not a lot there. <clears throat> well, now, interestingly, now do we do we know anything about his early life? Is about it, which one? Uh, Pace. It, it, is there any paper trail that that shows before he becomes an aerospace engineer? Very little. Very little. There, uh, I think there might have been one site that just basically said he was born overseas and his family moved here. You know, they migrated here, and that's basically it. You know, hmm. and then he's in college, and then he's done all this. And, you know, uh, I think that this that this name, if he doesn't exist, has been in existence for quite a while. Because, like I said, in 1992, NASA took his idea when he was still in college and put it on board, you know, one of their ships to test. Hmm. So, now, he could exist, yeah. all right? It's very possible. But, like I said, if he did exist, why would you get rid of a guy after he you know, made this big invention for you, this flying craft that can do warp speeds, fly underwater, you know. Yeah, that is very weird. 
and it goes along. You know, me, the pictures that I posted, that goes along with what I've been saying, man-made UFOs. Mm -hmm. I think that the Department of Navy is in possession of a reversed-engineered man-made UFO. Very interesting. That's a good. That's a good. Uh, I mean, you do realize sense. we're doing a show, and we we, we Sorry, can't I, have dead I, air. I've, right? I've, I've, for some reason, my brain just stopped working. You so have, sorry. You have a brain. I maybe. We're gonna. You have to stay up late again, partying, and come in and do a show. <laughs> see how that works out for you. Yeah, for sure. Um, I wonder though. I mean, the, the, the reason I brought up his early life. I wonder if he is, if he, like you say, if he is just a, um, if he is just something made up by, if he is just a person made up by the Navy, right. a collective, a collective source, or if he is, uh, in fact, maybe, and this is, this is way out there. Right. But what if he is a, um, missing persons from when he was just born? And the government brought him in and raised him, so to speak. See, uh, this is what happens when I have no sleep. I just go down these tangents. <laughs> well, no, no. They, you know, I mean, there's actually, you know, cases where the government has. And, Ned, that was the uh, the uh, remote viewing project, correct? Where the government more or less has raised kids and trained them. They're supposed to be psychic and remote view and all that. Right. And, you know, I mean, I firmly believe that. There's things going on right now that our government does that we have no idea about. Absolutely. And we would be shocked if we did. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Ned, what do you think about it? I think it's that. Just, mean, just crazy, Andy. You'll, you'll never know. Like that one, uh, that one guest we had, he, you know, he basically said, if they want us to know, we'll know. Right. We uh, and and did that person also say that whatever we could imagine, they have it. So didn't uh, when you when you posted the teaser about the yes, didn't somebody comment? Uh, somebody taking a picture of a yeah 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 here recently in Roswell, they uh, took a picture of a triangle craft that would fit exactly what that is. Hmm. You know, I mean, for anyone that oh. says no, this is misinformation. Think about, I mean, yeah, it's the U.S. government that, you know, owns the patent office and all that, but these branches still have to spend money to do all this and to put this information out there, you know. And I know, you know, that the government wastes money all the time. But, sure. I mean, on something frivolous like this, th there would be a better way to misinform other countries. That's just my opinion versus doing this. Well, you know? now the conspiracy theory is surrounding, or first of all, do you believe we landed on the moon? I've got to get that out. Yes. Of okay. Now, the conspiracy theory around the moon landing was that we faked it just to bankrupt Russia. Right. So, I mean, it wouldn't be the first time in history that supposedly we've tried tried this economic warfare. Now, me personally, I don't believe that's true. I believe we landed on the moon. I believe there's too much evidence to show that we have been there. We had, you know, we had too many smart people working. Sure. At NASA at that time, and we've talked about it briefly before. You know, uh, was it uh, Werner or, uh, von Braun? Yeah, Werner von Braun. So, I mean, and that goes back to uh, World War Two and the Nazis and just, sure. you know. If, it, if if we didn't have those guys, we might not would have made it out of the solar, you know, not solar system, but out of the atmosphere onto the moon. Those guys were highly intelligent, and they, I honestly think that they worked on reverse engineering 
prior to you know World War II. I believe they did too. Uh, you know, it's um, there are two uh, there 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 are too many of those guys that are crazy intelligent. Where it's it's odd that just that small section of the world has that many super geniuses. Right. It's, it's too much of a coincidence. It's for something me. in the water. Yeah. So, you know. Then again, didn't 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 weren't weren't wasn't the cult part of what Hitler believed in a well, lot of it? I mean, yeah, but I mean, he was he, well, he was like trying to find the the uh, uh, he he was trying to find ancient artifacts that would give him power. Uh, what if he did? What what if a witch came out and cast a spell on all these guys and they? Well, I don't really think that that happened. But, you know. <laughs> well, I mean, but you well, know, I mean, you uh, know, yeah, if that know, did happen, they, not to simplify they would, they, it, they but, would still be here. True, well, but not to simplify it to that point. But right. you, you get you get what I'm saying oh, is, yeah, is what if you know what if something what if he did find an, an artifact that, that gave these guys the upper hand intellectually, intellectually, physically, well, all of that. You know, um, some people believe too that when he couldn't find them, he also actually had to tried to recreate them, and uh, you know, there's cases where he's tried to uh, re, you know recreate uh, the cup that Christ drank out of, you know, at the Last Supper. Uh, so, you know, I don't know, you know. But, I mean, he actually did because I think somebody actually found one that they discarded in a river uh, in maybe 2015 or 16, and they traced it back to one that they had made themselves. They were trying to duplicate it. Hmm. Uh, so... That is interesting. I mean, it's it's, you know, it's I, very interesting, you know, and and we're definitely going to have to address that in the show. But there's so much there. But I mean, I'm, to, I'm, I mean to to talk about, you know. Yeah, and, and I'm not the only one that sees that there is a, a a huge amount of intellectual superiority in that area, right? Like I'm not the only one who sees right. that, no, right? No. So like, there has to be something there, right? Uh, you know, either I mean, one crashed craft is not going to create that. It could be several crashed crafts or a fleet of crashed crafts, or maybe they stumbled upon a base that they somehow overran, or maybe he did find a, an ancient artifact. So, you know, well, there's there's a lot of people that claim that, you know. So, I mean, just in today's time, this pattern with what it looks like, it looks like to me something not from this planet, mm-hmm. and it has the capability to drop down from the sky and go underwater and not be crushed and... Everybody survive. Um, I think this is technology that we may hear about twenty years from now. Sure, you know if that that, that is if if disclosure doesn't happen, I still think disclosure is going to happen mm-hmm. because uh, me and Nate were talking earlier in the week with recent events. Um, I think word will get out there. Uh, you know, a certain individual can't get on Twitter and tweet a bunch of stuff now because they're not allowed on that anymore. But I still think that you know. They're going to let a bunch of stuff out. Sure, sure. Well, now going back to what Ned was saying about uh, the, the picture uh, of the triangle craft that that someone had taken. Yeah, that was actually on Area Fifty One. Yes, uh, for, taken from a bunker or taken from a hangar right. at Area Fifty One. Um, I can't remember who who commented on that, but it was. Uh, I think it might have been Bobby Acres. Yeah, yeah, I think so. it was. Um, but that's a pretty good that, that that's a pretty good image. Oh, you definitely, know. definitely. So. You know, just something to think about. We're going to take a short break and come back with Cronkite and the news. And we also have a new Elliot's article coming up this week. 
he actually has a second part to Men in Black. See, he stumbled upon a uh, subject that just has a lot to talk about. Mm -hmm. So, you're listening to Here at Chew Bubblegum. We will be right back. Are you a horror movie fan? Yeah, I dig horror movies. Are you searching for a great internet horror talk radio show to listen to? Why, sure, that sounds quite spiffy. Then you need to tune in to DeadPit.com. It's the original horror talk radio show. DeadPit is a show by the fans and for the fans. Uncensored and unbiased opinions are the goal of the show, giving fans honest reviews on new films and vintage classics of the horror genre. Make DeadPit.com your number one horror station destination. Breaking news with Cronkite. Welcome back here to Chew Bubblegum. I'm Cronkite. Of course, this guy next sitting next to me is Goose. The gentleman over in the corner is Ned, Ned's corner. And, of course, I'm Cronkite. You are Cronkite, and I'm glad you ate a Snickers bar during that last break, <laughs> Betty White. I think that's why I said Cronkite twice just now. <laughs> Good man. Uh, so let's talk about some news and such, shall we? Let's go ahead. All right, so the first story is about the UFO over Hawaii. Uh, an unidentified flying object spotted in the evening sky over Leeward, Oahu, prompted witnesses to call 911 on Tuesday. The sighting happened about 8.30 p.m., uh, and there were multiple videos of what appears to be a glowing oblong mass, both in the sky and in the water. Officials from the Federal Aviation Administration say there were no aircraft incidents or accidents in this area at the time, but multiple witnesses reported seeing a large blue object fall out of the sky and into the ocean. Uh, in one video, a woman can be heard saying, something is in the sky, what is that? Uh, Miss Atina Sape told Hawaii News uh, she captured the image at 8.26 p.m. near Haley, 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 <laughs> uh, near an avenue on the island. <laughs> right. okay. Sounds good to me. Um, not long after, a woman named Mariah uh, spotted what looked to be the same object passing over Princess Kahanuhu. Anybody from Hawaii, I am so sorry. I don't mean to butcher um, the places uh, on your in your beautiful state. I just uh, I'm not used to how they're pronounced. Uh, it says I look up and I and then I was like, oh, uh, the S word. We can't say that, right? Right. No. No, okay. we can't say that. Uh, she said, I started calling my husband and them uh, because they were all in the garage. I was like, hey, come up here and look up. Uh, see if you see what, I, what I'm seeing. They said, yeah. The 38-year-old says she's never really been a UFO believer, uh, but the uh, bright blue object had them so intrigued, they jumped in the car and started following it. I don't know what it was. She said uh, this one uh, was going so fast. Uh, the journey ended less than three miles from where it began. She says they stopped the car and on Farrington Highway in the front of a board and water supply building uh, after the object appeared to drop into the ocean. One of Mariah's videos says you can hear her saying uh, it went it went land in the it went and landed in the water, whatever it is. Uh, she described it as being larger than a telephone pole, and says she never heard it make any sound. We called nine one one and uh, for have like one cop or somebody to come out and check them out. While officers were on scene, Mariah says they spotted a second light. Uh, my husband went out and looked up and seen the, white, uh, seen the white one coming, she said. The white one was smaller, uh, was coming in the same direction as the blue one. They lost sight of the object after it passed over a nearby mountain. 
Uh, and Thursday morning, we asked Honolulu police investigators figured out what fell in the water. A spokesperson told us that they didn't have any information. Meanwhile, the FAA spokesperson, Ian Greger, said the agency received a report from police Tuesday night about possible plane down in the area, but had no aircraft disappear off the radars and no reports of overdue or missing aircraft. So that's interesting. So there's multiple multiple people are seeing this thing. Right. The FAA has a report from the police saying there's a downed aircraft. Something was there. Definitely. definitely. You know. Um, and now, you know, then that could be what we just talked about in the last segment. <clears throat> definitely, for sure. All right, so there's a new theory on the monoliths. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know. Let's we, uh, we, hear this new theory. <laughs> so the new theory is that we're the aliens. Okay. All right. And um, But you definitely are an alien. <laughs> for a fact. Uh, and then they have, you know, of course, we can now add our, our own monolith to the area. Uh, to the to that long list of monoliths in the world. So um, this all began in the desert of southeastern Utah, uh, the flat top mesas, <coughs> when the original uh, monolith appeared. Right. right. Um, so uh, the site had evidently been uh, chosen with care. The pillar was dramatically situated at the base of a slot a slot canyon, encircled by sheer walls and the geometric. Um, Arrangement. It looked like the setting for some ancient ritual, or at least on the set of Star Trek episode. Framed against the vast desert sky and towering red rocks, the sleek pillar uh, was an intruder from another world, like a sculpture that had fallen off of a truck and on its way to an art basil. Was it a work of Was it a work of landscape art, a parody of a landscape art? Um, it was well constructed and had ver- been very skillfully installed in the neatly and cut cavity. Uh, the unseen narrator of the DPS videos laughs uh, incredulously. Who does this kind of stuff? There's a hint of unease that mirrors the viewers, uh, a suspicion that we are being set up, even if the pillar isn't dangerous. It may be a booby trap, a joke, cosmic or otherwise, at our expense. Um, after a foreboding soundtrack, then um, this could be in the opening scene of a sci-fi movie, the eerie discovery that sets the plot for the motion. Uh, that's more or less what happened when the DPS announced its discovery on the 20th. The pillar became a sensation. Believers in UFOs insisted that it fell out of the sky and aired conspiracy theories about government cover-ups. The government, uh, for its part, uh, winked at the idea of aliens. <clears throat> the DPS referred to the pillar as the monolith, an apparent reference to the extraterrestrial structures in Stanley Kubrick's uh, 2001 A Space Odyssey, one of which appears after an astronaut is sucked into the vortex of light that sends him shooting through space and time. So, the mystery of who uh, created the monolith may never be solved. Uh, if we accept that it was a guerrilla art invention, or intervention, it was clearly successful, seizing public attention in ways of commissioned uh, work never could. Weeks after the structure vanished, monolith fever has not abated, with copycats springing up across the U.S. and around the globe, from Romania to Morocco, to Paraguay. Uh, their spread so cap- uh, captivated social media um, that they, that many wondered whether the world was falling in uh, falling for a viral marketing campaign. Which now that's when, when we talked about the right. the monolith that was in <clears throat> Australia and it had the the coordinates that were scribed on it, um, and they were like Trump Tower, you know. So that's kind of where everything was going with marketing campaign and things like that. 
Uh, but the <clears throat> appeal of the monolith touches deeper uh, depths than the usual dopamine hits of the viral internet. With an age of GPS mapping in Google Earth, we may fi- feel that the planet has been uh, de- demystified down to the centimeter, um, that there is no more unsurveilled, unsurveilled terrain. The appearance of a monolith uh, in a hinterland is, is a satisfying reminder that the world remains very large. It is very, still very possible for an artist or a prankster or an artist and prankster to slip undetected into the backcountry and leave something weird and alluring behind. Online detective study Google Earth figure out the pillar was installed around 2016, uh, which would mean that, it, that it's possible for a weird, alluring thing to remain hidden for years, a secret shared with, uh, only with passing bighorn sheep. So, yeah, but I mean... <laughs> That's that's an area that's not traveled that much. I think it's very possible for that to be there four years and nobody not know it. For sure, for yeah. sure. And, and, you know, there were Google Maps that showed that it was there right. for that long. Um, you know, so that's the theory is that it's just an artist or, or something like that. And so it's kind of a stretch to say it's an artist, I would think. So the one that you actually saw earlier in Prestonsburg, Kentucky this week, uh, you think that was a local artist, an artisan? <sighs> Isn't art supposed to be beautiful? Yes. I wouldn't say it was an but, artist. But I've always heard, too, that beauty is in the eye of the beholder. That's true. And I did go all the way over there and did do a live you video. You actually rushed over there. I certainly did. I rushed. I mean, I broke several speed limits. Oh, no. No, no. Several speed limits. People at the cookie factory are not going to like that. They certainly will not. Um, but prove it. <laughs> you just confessed to it. <laughs> It's proven. <laughs> anyway, so like, so that's the story. Is that you know we, they think that we're the aliens, and right. and not in the not in the way that I think we're the aliens from like we came from Mars, but like from. So you you really do think that we came from? Mars. I, I think that at one point Mars was a planet just like Earth with an atmosphere and a, large oceans and continents and probably elections that are driving everyone crazy and things like that we don't talk politics (laughs) but the um i think there was a a a terrific disaster on that planet uh that either wiped out the entire civilization obviously there was a way for some form of travelers to end up here so i would imagine ever several several of the members of that species made here or maybe they went in all different directions and colonized elsewhere. Um, but I, be, I personally, I believe that we are descendants of Martians. Yeah. I do. Are you I ready for the next story? I have no comment for that. Yes, please <laughs> go ahead and give us the next story. So we talked last week about the werewolf uh, in Lincolnshire, right? We did. Yes, and that is correct. <laughs> so this week we've got... Um, uh, another another werewolf story. It says, does a real-life werewolf lurk in the Pennsylvania darkness? Um, so this is pretty much just a a piece that I found where it was kind of a story that was being told mm-hmm. uh, from an interview that had been taken right. years ago. So this is just kind of like a paraphrasing of that interview. Uh, and it basically says, um, so the article starts, it goes away. So anyway, here's what I received. Uh, so there's this guy, he's 20-something, and he lives in my hometown of West Newton, Pennsylvania. Now, I'm not friends or even acquaintances with him, but you can say we have mutual friends. They were talking about him being a werewolf. 
but they were somewhere between joking around and being serious. I don't know, but what I do know is that I was really into the paranormal and had a lot of free time on my hands. Uh, I never really believed in a lot of it, though, until I met this kid. Uh, he just gave me a weird feeling, so I thought, I have nothing interesting to do, so let me investigate this. And that's exactly what I did. Right. Uh, to start the investigation, I followed him home from work on November 13th of 2016. The reason I chose that certain date is because I didn't want to drag this on. The night was going to be a full moon. I know, cliche, but I got my but I got my friend who wants nothing to do with this report, and we went across the street to this guy's house around 4 p.m. He left his house and, and headed up the road. Eventually, he ended up going into the woods on the east side of town. We followed him from a distance the whole time. Uh, we got to the woods and hid in a ditch. Around 5.30 p.m., uh, he started doing the strangest thing. He started removing his clothes. Uh, to be honest, we were ma- we were mouthing like, you know, what the blank were uh, the whole time. Uh, he then started to place his clothes in a plastic bag <clears throat> uh, and pulled out a weird-looking belt. It was made out of fur and hair. Um, I don't know uh, what it was, but then around 6 p.m. it happened. The unbelievable happened. His body began to twist and contort in very unnatural ways. Uh, he then began to groan in pain. Uh, I get a sick. I get sick describing what happens next, so I'll leave that part up to your imagination. Then the worst possible scenario played out. He saw us. Well, not him. It. The wolf saw us. I made my friend run back towards town. I was having a panic attack, so in self-defense, I pulled out a couple of my grandmother's silver spoons uh, from her collection. <laughs> I went back and got them a week or so later uh, and threw a couple of them at him and held the rest up in his direction. He still persevered and began running towards me, Uh, so I booked it out of there, Uh, but it only took a couple of seconds for him to catch up. He lunged onto me and slashed my arm with his claws. Uh, With my my other hand, in which I was still holding the silver spoons, I pressed the silver as hard as I could into his body. He whimpered and ran away. Long story short, I made it out of the woods. My friend had already called the police. And she lied when she, when they asked if I had tried to harm myself. She said I had, which was probably for the best. I will never leave my house uh, at nighttime or around full moon again. The email was sent as anonymous, and I have not received any further information. Uh, I sent a request for further evidence but received nothing. There was an attempt to contact the local police, but no one has returned the call. Is this a hoax? Maybe, but I'm, not, but I'm going to keep an open mind until I hear otherwise. So... West Newton, Pennsylvania seems to be a very hotbed of uh, paranormal and unexplained because it goes on to say uh, that that it's not a stranger to odd activity uh, and said that in the area there has been a long history of Bigfoot Bigfoot encounters going back to the late 60s. And then it goes in from there to more Bigfoot sightings and things like that. So I actually read a couple months ago that the state of Pennsylvania is like ranked number one for... Uh, people seeing UFOs. So anyone from Pennsylvania that's listening to us, what what do you think? Is this is this a real thing? Because you know we had a, we had a listener email a couple what, a couple weeks ago talking about the dog man of Pennsylvania, and as me and Ned have said before in the past on the Howard Stern show, there's a character that calls in named a High Register Shawnee, and he talks about the dog man or dog man. Hmm. Dog people from Pennsylvania, and he wow. says it's like an army project that went wrong and they escaped. Hmm. So, 
Well, I mean that I mean it's an interesting story. I mean I, I'm I'm a fan of werewolves. If I if I were to talk about anything paranormal, it would be werewolf related. Uh, I like I like werewolf movies. I like you know the whole the whole thing, but that just seems very that that story seems very um, cliche. I guess yeah. it sounds very very general, but. Um, you know, I don't know. I mean, anyone from West Newton, Pennsylvania, anyone from Pennsylvania at all that knows anything about this subject, please email Ryan me. Cronkite. Yes, please. I want to know more about it. Uh, that's all the news I have for you today. That's all the news you have for today. Uh, while you were doing the news, I noticed you probably noticed me playing on my phone. I did. It was uh, very we've distracting. Had, we've, we've had somebody text us again. Oh, cool. Uh, they asked what the topic of, of discussion was, and I told them it was open lines, whatever they wanted to talk about, and then they responded uh, I wet my bed until I was 19. Is there shame in that? So uh, I know you, Cronkite, have that similar situation. Do you want to answer that for them? Um, so you stopped? Like No, no, no. I I know that you've had this same situation with this person at text. Well, no, no, that's why, I, that's why yeah. I'm asking the person. That's uh, I wet my bed until I was 19. Is there shame in that? That's all they said. I mean, well, do you think there's shame in that? I told them no, not at all. I don't. I don't believe Thanks for so. your text. Yeah, I don't believe and so. And then they came back with "I like the Wizard of Oz," and I said I do too. <laughs> and uh, then I asked them what they think about Ned. Did they like him on the show? And they said, "Was he in the Wizard of Oz?" I, I said, "Yes, he was the Wizard." And they said, "Oh, he's okay, but my favorite character is the horse of a different color." I don't really remember that character from the Wizard of Oz. Do you guys? And uh, then their last text was, that crazy horse was like the thermal stickers they used to put on Transformers, circa 1989. And I put agreed. I just want to thank that listener for texting in and giving valuable input to the show as Cronkite was doing news. Uh, We're going to step out and take a break, Cronkite, and we're going to come back. What are we going to be talking about when we come back? So when we come back, we're going to talk about uh, Elisa Lamb. Do you know anything about her? Elisha Lamb. Uh, actually, it's Elisa Lamb. Oh, okay. Yeah. Elisa, yes. Because yeah. I, I, I searched in Elisa yes. Lamb last night because I thought it was Elisa too, and right. it's, it's actually spelled Elisa. Elisa. Yep. Okay. So um, we're going to talk about that, correct? We are. And uh, then we're going to have Elliot, Elliot's articles after that. Elliot. And uh, I have something for the fans coming up. Uh, we're going to, in segment three, before we do the listener text and question of the week responses, we're going to do a segment called... TV shows I bet Cronkite hasn't heard of. And I'm really looking forward to that segment, Cronkite. I don't watch a lot of TV. So? So? Uh, I actually told you two earlier in the week, but then I added two more back. So, You know what? I ain't scared. Let's do it. All right. We'll do it. We'll be back in just a moment. Hey, folks. It's the Creepy Kentuckian from Dead Pit Radio. And when I'm just sitting around needing something to listen to i'm checking out here to chew bubblegum and welcome back what a show it has been so far what a show what a show we had that nice uh, segment uh, you doing the news and then we had some more uh, viewer text and uh, coming up in segment three we're going to attempt to call the person back on the show what do you think about that Cronkite? i think we should that's I interesting think we definitely should too so you're going to start out talking about uh elisa Lamb. I am. So do you know who she is? Yes. Yes, I do. All right. That's the end of the show then. (laughs) All right. So the body of Elisa Lamb, also known as her Cantonese name, Lam Lam Ho Yi, um, was born April 30th, 1991, and died 
February 13th, or February of 2013. She was a Canadian student at the University of British Columbia in Vancouver and was reco- recovered from a water tank atop the Cecil Hotel in downtown Los Angeles on February 19th, 2013. She had been reported missing at the beginning of the month, and maintenance workers at the hotel discovered the body when investigating guest complaints of problems with the water supply and water pressure. Her disappearance had been widely reported. Uh, interest had been uh, had received five days prior to her body's discovery when the Los Angeles Police Department released a video of the last time she was known to be seen uh, on the day of her disappearance by an elevator security camera. Uh, in the footage, Lamb is seen exiting and re-entering the elevator, talking uh, and gesturing in the hallway outside, and sometimes seeming to hide within the elevator, <clears throat> which herself appears to be malfunctioning, or which itself appears to be malfunctioning. The video went viral on the internet, with many viewers reporting that they found it unsettling. Explanations range from claims of paranormal involvement to bipolar disorder, uh, which Lamb took medication for. Uh, it has also been argued that the video was altered prior to release. The circumstances of Lamb's death uh, once she was found also raised questions, especially in light of the hotel's history in relation to other notable deaths and murders. Her body was naked with most of her clothes and personal effects floating in the water near her. It took the Los Angeles County Coroner's Office four months uh, after repeated delays to release the autopsy report, uh, which reports found no evidence of physical trauma and states that that the manner of death was accidental. Guests of the Cecil, now rebranded as Stay on Main, sued the hotel over the incident, and Lamb's parents filed a separate, uh, separate suit later that year. Uh, the latter was dismissed in 2015. Some of the early Internet interests noted that were considered to be unusual similarities between Lamb's death and the 2005 horror film Dark Water. Uh, the case has since been uh, referenced in international popular culture. So, <clears throat> she dies eight years after this movie is released. Right. So, it's interesting, right? Um, so, her disappearance, uh, Lamb's parents contacted the British Columbia every day while traveling. Uh, on January 31st, 2013, the, the day she was scheduled to check out of the Cecil and leave for Santa Cruz, her parents did not hear from her and called the Los Angeles Police Department. Her family flew to Los Angeles to help with the search. Hotel staff who saw Lamb that day said she was alone outside the hotel. Uh, Katie Orphan, the manager of a nearby bookstore, was the only person who recalled seeing her that day. She was outgoing, very lively, very friendly, uh, while getting gifts to take home to her family. Uh, She was talking about uh, what books she was getting and whether uh, whether or not what she was getting would be too heavy for her to carry around as she traveled. Uh, Police searched the hotel to the extent that they legally could. Uh, They searched Lamb's room and had dogs go through the building, including the rooftop. But canines were unsuccessful in detecting her scent. But we didn't search every room, Sergeant uh, Rudy Lopez said later. Uh, We would only do that if we had probable cause uh, to believe that a crime had been committed. Uh, And on February 6th, a week later, Lamb uh, had last been seen, uh, the LAPD decided more help was necessary. Um, <clears throat> flyers with her, uh, flyers with her image, <clears throat> were posted in the neighborhood and online. It brought it brought the case to the public's attention through the through the media. Now, the creepy part of this story is the elevator video. Right. <clears throat> so on February fifteenth, another week after, with no sign of Lamb, the LAPD released a video of the last known sighting of her taken. 
uh, in one of the Cecil's elevators by video surveillance camera on February 1st. The video drew worldwide interest in the in the case due to Lamb's strange behavior, and has extensive and has been extensively analyzed and discussed. In the clip, the camera at one of the elevator's cab's rear corners looks down from the ceiling, offering a view not just of its interior, but the hallway outside as well. It is somewhat grainy, and the timestamp at the bottom is obscured. At some points, Lamb's mouth is pixelated. That's strange, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. <coughs> but this basically goes back to her playing the elevator game. Right, and okay. that's that's what I'm going to get into next after after we kind of discuss the the video. Okay. The video is the video is creepy. Have you seen yes, the video? Yes, me and Ned watched it last <coughs> for the, just a few days ago, last Friday. It's very creepy. Uh, so in the clip, the camera uh, see uh, at the start. Excuse me, I lost my place there. At the start, uh, Lamb enters. Uh, clad in a red zippered uh, hooded sweatshirt over a gray t-shirt with black shorts and sandals. She enters from the left and goes to the control panel, appears to select several floors, and then steps back to the corner. After a few seconds during which the door fails to close, she steps up to it, leans forward so her head is through the door, looks in both directions, and then quickly steps back in, backing up to the wall and then into the corner near the control panel. The door remains open. She walks to it again, and stands in the doorway, leaning on the side. Suddenly, she steps out into the hall, then to her side, back in, looking to the side, then back out. She then steps sideways again, and for a few seconds, she is mostly invisible behind the wall. Uh, she has she has her back to just outside. Uh, the door remains open. <clears throat> her right arm can be seen going up to her head, and then she turns and re-enters the cab, uh, putting both hands on the side on the side of the door uh, she then goes to the control panel and presses many more buttons some more than once and then returns to the wall uh, she had to come into the elevator from now remember that we're pressing several buttons more right. than once because that's right. I'm going to talk about that here in just a second uh, so she puts both hands over her ears again briefly as she walks back to the section of the wall she had been standing against before uh, the door remains open. She turns to her right and begins rubbing her forearms together, uh, then waves her hands out to her sides with both palms uh, flat and fingers outstretched, while bowing forward slightly and rocking gently. This can all be seen through the door, uh, which remains open. After she backs into the wall again and walks away to the left, it finally closes. So the video was... Uh, you know, reposted right. everywhere, right. Uh, including the Chinese video sharing site Yuku, uh, which got more than three million views and forty thousand comments in the first ten days. Um, several theories evolved uh, to explain their actions. One is the lamb was trying to get the elevator car to move in order to escape from someone who was pursuing her. Others suggested that it might be under the influence of ecstasy uh, or some other party drug, uh, but none was detected in her body. Uh, when the bipolar disorder became known, the theory was that she was having a psychotic episode uh, also emerged. Other views argued that the video, video had been tampered with before ma being made public. Besides the obscuring of the timestamp, they claimed parts had been sh uh, slowed down uh, and nearly a minute of footage had been discreetly removed. This could have been done simply to protect the identity of someone who otherwise would be in the video but had little or nothing to do with the case. Uh, or to conceal evidence of Lamb's disappearance and death had been the result of criminal act. So, that's the story of Elisa right. Lamb. There's a lot of controversy surrounding her death. Now, have you ever heard of the elevator game? Yes, I have. I heard of it about a month ago, I guess, when we had uh, 
one of our listeners when we we're talking about Urban Legends yes. just messaged Elevator Game, and I remember that you said uh, you was wondering what that was, um, and uh, you know we done a little research, and I just basically told you that you know it was popular in Japan. You get in, push a series of buttons, and uh, it's supposed to take you to another dimension. What's I've recently did a little bit more research on it. All right. Well, it's very creepy. And I will say that when we have our first uh, convention or appearance, if we stay in a hotel that has more than 10 floors, we, me and you will play the elevator game. Oh, will we? Yes, we will. Okay. Are you up for that? I'm glad I've been volunteered. Um, I, I, uh, sure. <laughs> okay. You, uh, you uh, don't sound too... Uh, to uh, enthuse there. Well, it's it's kind of creepy sounding. <laughs> so, all right, so needed to play. I'm going to go over the rules of the elevator game. So needed to play, you need one player. Uh, there are conflicting reports on this that can be played by others. Uh, one set of instructions we found says that you can, but to keep in mind that if anyone quits mid-ride, you have to start from the beginning. Right. Uh, so you need a 10-story building with at least one elevator. Right. And now the the ten floors you can't have; they have to be straight ten floors, correct? You can't have like floor one, two. It skips three because there is no floor three and goes to four. Yeah, I believe they have to so. Be one through ten. Yeah, I believe so. Now, when me and Ed uh, Ned watched a video, sorry about that, Ned. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> when we watched a uh, video on it, there was a guy that would get in, push the buttons, go to that floor, and then when you watch this video of uh, Miss Lamb's disappearance. She pushed them all at the same time. Mm-hmm. What is the correct way to play the elevator game? Well, all right, so here's how to play. Okay. All right, so getting uh, getting to the other world, it says. Uh, step one, you have to enter the elevator alone or with your friends, but no one else. Do not get out on any of the floors. If outside, any outsiders get on the elevator, you'll need to start over. Okay. Uh, step two is to proceed to the fourth floor. Step three is descend to the second floor. Now, all right, so it's it's saying proceed and descend and blah, blah, blah. So I'm wondering if you hit all the buttons at the same time, it will right. move up and down the, the, the building as you go. But it doesn't say that you have to go there, stop, hit the button again, and go and stop. But it is saying proceed to the fourth floor, step two. Step three is descend to the second floor. Step four is proceed to the sixth floor. Step five is return to the second floor. Step six is ascend to the tenth floor, and seven is return to the fifth floor. Right. <clears throat> when you reach the fifth floor, it's then that people report encountering a young woman. You're instructed not to look at, look at or interact with her. She may or may not try talking to you, asking for help, or antagonizing you. Step eight, press the button for the first floor. Two things might happen. If the elevator descends to the first floor, exit immediately and do not look back or speak. Uh, Or, if the elevator starts to go up, you've been allowed into the other world. When you reach the 10th floor, things might look slightly different. No one else will be there. The power might be uh, out. Um, Some players claim to look out the windows and see only a red cross in the distance. If you choose to exit the elevator, you should ignore the woman's attempts to question or stop you. Okay. From there, re- right. returning back from the other world. If you choose to stay in the elevator and not explore, just press the button for the first floor. 
and return home. You might have to keep pressing the button to get it to work. Multiple presses. Gotcha. Um, if you choose to get off the elevator and explore, there are a few, few rules to follow in order to re- properly return to the home world. One, you must use the same elevator you used to arrive. And two is follow steps two through seven, finishing on the fifth floor. So the sequence is fourth floor, second floor, sixth floor, second floor, tenth floor, fifth floor. Uh, step three is when you reach the fifth floor, Press the button to return to the fourth floor. The elevator will attempt to return to the tenth floor. Instead, begin pressing other floor numbers to stop the elevator before you reach the tenth floor. Proceed to the first floor again. Upon reaching the first floor, check your surroundings. If anything seems off, even the smallest detail, do not get off the elevator. Repeat step two until things look normal. Once you're confident you've returned to the real world, exit the elevator. Okay, so you know that when we play this, we're going to step out onto the 10th floor, correct? Who's this we we're talking about? Me and you, man. I'll, I'll look out. And Ned's going to be with us videoing the entire thing. No, I'll set up. So me and you and Ned's going to be going out on this 10th floor. I'll be standing inside the elevator. So you're you... not going to get out of the elevator? No. Why? I, what if it's real? You really think this is real? I don't know. Elisa Lamb probably didn't think it was real either. Well, you know, we have to try it, though. Just imagine the video footage we could put up on our YouTube page of us doing this. Yeah, our untimely murders. You're going to have to do it for the fans, Cronkite. <laughs> well, as long as you don't speak to the woman, we should be all right. Uh-huh. Now, I wonder what would happen if we talked to the woman. I don't know, but I'm very polite, so well, maybe, I'm afraid I will talk to her. Maybe she just needs a hug. You should give her a hug if she manifests. And then I'll be stuck. No, you won't. In the other world. No, you won't. But here's the thing. Can you guys do it together? It's yeah, said, yeah. Because yeah, it said you could do it alone or with your friends. So, you're my friend. You're my friend. We're doing it, guys. Elevator game. I'm gonna have to tranquilize Ned. Ned's not going. Ned's not going. <laughs> oh, you said you're gonna go video for us, Ned. I'll set up a camera in there. Well, we can get you like a handheld camera, and you can follow behind us. Yeah. I'll do it remotely. No, no. no you have to be there to experience it. No, it would be cool if that did happen. It would be really easy to test. If you do all those steps and you press the first button and you start going to the 10th floor, you know you had succeeded. Mm-hmm. And you know you would have to get off to check it out. No, you wouldn't have to. Why? Because you won the game. What do you mean you won the game? You're going to the 10th floor, uh-huh. so you know it works. But then you've got to do the same thing to go back down to the first floor. Exactly. Now I wonder what would happen if you pushed the first floor... Like, you go to the 10th floor, you just push the first floor, you don't do the series of buttons, and you get off on the first floor in that world. I'm starting to get a feeling that you're reckless. No, I don't. No. I don't want to be a part of this Not now. at all. No, <laughs> this is scientific. We can test this. We're going to end up stuck in the other dimension. No, we're not. And we can play Randonautica while we're doing this. We could go to that other dimension and play Randonautica. Ned, you're going to be the one having to do this show from here on in because we're <laughs> going to be stuck in another universe. What do you think about that? I think it's a creepy story. Right. And I think it's a creepy game. Like Bloody Mary, it's don't tempt it. <laughs> don't tempt yeah. fate. Well, yeah, I, I, 
I still think we should do it. I, I think you like, should think I've, about it. I feel like we're going to do it. I, I can, yeah, I can yeah, see that. yeah. Yeah, we're definitely going to do it. Definitely going to do it. Well, I'm pumped. All right, good. We're going to uh, do Elliot's articles right now. Part Elliot. two. And, see, there you went again. I didn't get it. <laughs> all right, all right. Let's, let's, let's do it again. Go Sorry, ahead. I'm, I can't. No, no, do I, that. I can't do it. Why? I can't do it when you're when you're telling me to do it. Okay. All right. We're going to play Elliot. See, there you go. I can't help it. And him. <laughs> I can't. That, that was better than last week. Yeah, it definitely uh, was. Yeah. Uh, but we're going to do part two in Elliot's articles, part two, Men in Black. And we will be back after that with TV shows I bet Cronkite hasn't heard of. What are we listening to, Cronkite? You are listening to Here to Chew Bubblegum, and I am listening to Here to Chew Bubblegum. And Ned, what are you listening to? Here to Chew Bubblegum. And we're also going to be listening to Here to Chew Bubblegum when we get off on the 10th floor. I hope so. We'll be right back. <laughs> Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever you may be listening to this podcast. Once again, it's Elliot here with Here to Chew Bubblegum and our second edition of Elliot's Articles. Today, we're looking at more information about the men in black. Now, we talked last week about a couple of men in black sightings, uh, the most famous being uh, Dan Aykroyd sighting in New York City. But there have been tons of documented men in black encounters. Um... We're going to start this week with Mary Heyer. Now, if you've never heard of Mary Heyer, she's a very, very interesting person. She was a newspaper reporter for the Athens Messenger in West Virginia. She was uh, also the manager of the Athens Messenger office on 6th Street in downtown Point Pleasant, West Virginia. Now, everybody should know what Point Pleasant is. If you don't, you're going to go down a rabbit hole, ladies and gentlemen. But Point Pleasant was the site of the Mothman sightings. Um, During those Mothman sightings, uh, Mary Heyer would often report on the odd occurrences in her newspaper column called Where the Waters Mingle. As a result of that, she became very close with author John Keel, who wrote the Mothman Prophecies, and they studied a lot of this stuff together. She helped with uh, John Keel's investigation, and she kept him updated through correspondence, Mary Heyer herself claimed to have seen the weird lights in the sky on several occasions and even claimed to have been visited by mysterious men in black. One night in January 1967, Mary was working late at her office, which was opposite the county courthouse, when an unknown man walked in the door. He was described as being very short, about four and a half foot tall. He had strange, dark, deep-set eyes covered by glasses with thick lenses. He was wearing odd shoes with very thick soles, which probably added an inch or two to his height. He had long black hair cut squarely like a bowl cut, and spoke in a peculiar, low and halted voice. The man asked for directions to Welsh, West Virginia, and kept getting closer and closer as they talked. His eyes remained fixed on her as he stared almost hypnotically. 
Mary was alarmed by this person, so she brought the newspaper circulation manager to her office, and they spoke to this person together. She said that at one point in the discussion, she answered the telephone and noticed that the man picked up a ballpoint pen from her desk. He looked at it. He looked at it in amazement, even, as though he'd never seen one before. Then he grabbed the pen, laughed loudly, and ran out of the building. Now, I tell that story not because it's one of my favorites, even though it is, and not because it's one of the most famous, even though, once again, it is. I tell that story to accentuate the fact that the men in black are kind of strange acting. Uh, There's another story. Mrs. Ralph Butler of Owatonna, Minnesota, said an officer visited her in May of 1967. He went by the name of Richard French. He was about five and a half foot tall. He had an olive complexion, dark long hair, and a pointed face. His clothing appeared to be brand new. Even the soles of his shoes were clean and unscuffed. When Mrs. Butler offered him some jello, he tried to drink the jello and acted as if he'd never seen it before. Again, other men in black have said to do extremely strange things. One witness said that the men in black had come into her restaurant where she was a waitress. They ordered a steak, and when the steak came to their table, they didn't know how to use a knife and fork, and she had to actually come over and show them how to cut the steak. Now, I, I, once again, I say this not because for comedic effect, but to point out that these men in black don't really act human. They act strange. They act like they're new to whatever place they are, or new to whatever activity they're performing. Now, it could be that they are, in fact, not from this world. Or it could be for some other reason. I want to point you to an X-Files episode called Jose Chung's From Outer Space. This is the X-Files episode that deals with an author who is visited by Men in Black, portrayed by Jesse Ventura and Alex Trebek from Jeopardy. Now, they're not just actors portraying Men in Black. These are Men in Black who absolutely look like the former governor of Minnesota and Alex Trebek from Jeopardy. And the reason they take those appearances is because if witnesses ever try to tell people about their encounter, those witnesses are met with humiliation. They're met with ridicule. And I wonder if these men in black encounters that I've talked about today aren't the same. Are you going to believe somebody who says that a man is going to come into your office, steal your pen, and run out of the room laughing maniacally? Maybe not. Maybe that's the point. Maybe the men in black are here to warn us that we shouldn't talk about UFOs. But maybe they're also here to make sure that if we do, we're going to be ridiculed because our stories grow even stranger when we mention the short guy dressed in black who stole our ink pen. That's just my theory, dear listeners. You may have a different theory altogether. Now, before I finish this episode of Elliot's Articles, I want to make sure that I tell you where I got my information. Last week on Here to Chew Bubblegum, there was a question sent in that wanted wanted to know where we got all of the information we presented. So I want to be as clear as possible to where you, the listener, can go and find out any of the information I've talked about. Today's stories came from the internet, from the Mothman Wiki. You can just Google that, Mothman Fandom Wiki. 
and it will take you to a ton of men in black stories and a ton of stories about the Mothman in West Virginia. There are other places that you need to check out too. The author Nick Redfern has two great books about the men in black. The first one is The Real Men in Black, Evidence, Famous Cases, and True Stories of These Mysterious Men and Their Connection to UFO Phenomena. The second is The Black Diary, Men in Black, Women in Black, Black-Eyed Children, and Dangerous Books. And this book is excellent because it really points out to the fact, if you remember last week's episode, some of these men in black get in your house to talk to you, and you would never do that. The same way that, you know, vampires or black-eyed children have to be invited into your house. It's, it's a really good book that draws on connections like that. It's very interesting. Another book that you definitely need to read if you're, in, if you're into Men in Black is The Mothman Prophecies, A True Story by John Keel. Excellent book, and, you know, gotta love that it's right over there in West Virginia. Uh, I've already mentioned The Mothman Fandom Wiki. Make sure you look at that. And if you want to see what a possible Man in Black looks like, I would suggest going on to YouTube and searching for Men in Black Caught on Camera, May 2009, Niagara Falls, Ontario. It's on a channel hosted by Normal Paranormal. And it's kind of creepy. You get to see two people who are supposedly Men in Black walk into a hotel and they go on to question a witness. Kind of neat to watch. Also, if you're really super interested in the Men in Black, I have four names that you may want to do some more research on. Harold Dahl, D-A-H-L. He was involved in the Maury Island incident. Gray Barker, who was another author who has wrote extensively about the Men in Black. Kenneth Arnold, who was involved in the case that gave Flying Saucers the name Flying Saucers. And Albert K. Bender, who actually was responsible for naming the Men in Black the Men in Black. Thank you once again, dear listeners. Please stay vigilant. Next week I'll return with a brand new topic. Elliot out. Do you have a Roku device? Do you want to escape the everyday? Then download the Edge TV. That is the Edge TV on your Roku device. Spelled capital T, capital H, number sign three. Let James, Stacy, Greg, and the rest of the gang keep you entertained. The Edge TV, available now on Roku. Exciting uh, installment in Elliot's articles, only on Here to Chew Bubblegum. I like your NPR voice. That's pretty Thank nice. Thank you very much. I can do all kinds of voices. Do you want me to do another one for you? Yes, please. Do an Australian accent. Good day, mate. I'll be going to go down to the outback there and throw another shrimp on the bobby. Shrimps on the bobby. Shrimp on the bobby. Uh, why don't you do an Australian accent for us? Uh... All right, mate. Oh, hey. What would you like to know? What would you want me to say in my Australian accent? That's awful. That sounds like your English. Australian accent. That sounds like... Cheerio. Top of the day for you. Do you want some teas what, and crumpets? What's the difference? There's a big difference, man. Uh-huh. Two different countries. 
Well, yeah. Do a southern accent for us. <laughs> Every day I talk. Let <laughs> <laughs> me tell you what, Doodle. We're going down to the Walmart. We're going to get some bait, some uh, yeah. olive oil, some chicken livers. We're going to eat them, then we're going to go fishing there down at the hole. Chicken livers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Have you ever went fishing with chicken livers? I have. Catfish. Have you ever ate chicken livers? Yes, unfortunately. You don't like them? No. Really? No, I don't like them. Or gizzards. Well, I've never ate gizzards. I've ate chicken livers. They're they're an acquired taste. They're okay. Yeah, I'm not a fan. Uh, well, okay. Well, this next segment, this is a new one. I just actually thought of it the other day when I was going through some uh, listener feedback and email and stuff. <clears throat> the name of this is called TV Shows I Bet Cronkite Hasn't Heard Of. And... Uh, <clears throat> Are you ready for the challenge, my friend? Yep. I'm uh, trying to use my x-ray vision to see through that okay. paper. All right. The first one is Soap. Have you ever heard of that TV show? Soap. Yep. I bet Old Man Cronkite has. Probably. Is it like a soap opera? Nope. It was a satire comedy that made fun of daytime soaps, and it starred Billy Crystal. No, I've never and heard it. And it also had a butler named Benson, and they had a spinoff show named Benson. It aired uh, September 13th, 1977 till April 20th, 1981. I've never heard of it. Okay. Now, so, but you do claim that you're familiar with TV shows in the 90s, correct? For the most part. Okay. All right. Now, this show started in 1988, and it went off the air in 1991. Okay. The name of the show is My Secret Identity. Have you ever heard of that? I feel like maybe I have. It is a story of a a teen that is exposed to radiation, and then he has superpowers. And uh, uh, I can't think of the name. Uh, He's he's, he's married to a famous model, Um, but he was the uh, chubby kid in Stand By Me. Oh, yeah. um, He's the dude from... um, Sliders. Yes. 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 Jerry O'Connell. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, but he starred in My Secret Identity. I feel like I may have heard about that show. You need show. to go check that one out. What okay. about Freddy's Nightmares? Yes. So you have heard I've of that? I've heard of that one. And that was a prequel to the original Nightmare on Elm Street movies. Uh, it had Freddy Krueger haunting people's dreams. And its uh, first episode aired in 1988. The last episode aired March the 5th, 1990. Okay, now I think I asked you this one earlier. Uh in the week when I came up with the segment, Xena. I've heard of Xena. Okay. So you know what Xena the Warrior Never watched it. Ne- you never watched Xena? No, oh, but I've, I've definitely heard of it, but I've never, You're never watched it. You're definitely going to have to go back and check that out. Her she, friend Gabrielle in that series. She is oh, gorgeous. Oh, my, my. She is gorgeous. However, I just, I don't know. I like I like technology shows. Okay. What about Mama's Family? I've heard of Mama's Family. Yeah. So you have heard of that? I've watched have Mama's you? Family, Okay. Yeah. All right. That one uh, first premiered. January 22nd, 1983, and their final episode was February 24th, 1990. Seven years. That one was on the air in syndication. I've so. seen that show, yeah. It's all right. Okay. Uh, what about uh, The Misadventures of Sheriff Lobo? No. Never heard of it. You've never heard of The Misadventures of Sheriff Lobo. Have you heard of a show called BJ and the Bear? Yes. Okay. Now, in BJ and the Bear, Sheriff Lobo was the crooked sheriff, corrupt sheriff that was after Greg Evigan's character, BJ, hmm. and BJ and the Bear. Uh, it's a story of a bumbling Georgia lawman and his deputies at Battle Crime. First premiered September 18th, 1979, and its final episode date was May 5th, 1981. 
So you you have not heard of that, but you did hear of BJ and the Bear. I've heard of it. That was a trucker show, right? Yeah. Yeah, I've heard of that one. Where he's driving around the country with the little ape and yeah, yeah. Uh, what about Team Night Rider? Team Night Rider. Yes. No, Ned had actually heard of this one and actually watched it. I don't think I. I was it. a fan of this show. It only lasted one season, and it continued on the Night Rider TV series story. But in this one, there was an elite group of five specially trained operatives uh, that go after criminals. And each operative, they all had, like, there was a, uh, I think there was a Ford Mustang that had the kit capability. There was a Ford pickup truck that had the kit capability. All five cars were like smart cars. I have never heard of that. That is a really that, good show. I've heard of the, I've heard Knight Rider. I've seen, yeah. I've seen Knight Rider. Well, this is Team Knight Rider. It uh, premiered uh, October 6, 1997, and had its final episode date. Uh, May 18th, 1998. Again, that was just one season. I'll have to look that up. So that was a really good one. What about Nightstand? Nightstand. Yes. I feel like I've seen that one. That was a, a comedy with uh, host Dick Dietrich. He made fun of uh, American talk shows. Never like Jerry Springer, Oprah, Oprah Winfrey, Sally Jesse Raphael. No, that's that's something definitely different than that's not what I okay. not what I thought it was. <clears throat> this one straight out of the 90s. Salute Your Shorts. Yes. I've heard you have that. heard of that? I have heard of that. Uh, can you tell us uh, where that took place at? Like the, the state it took place or like no, what channel? Like, no, not what channel. <laughs> I mean, what was the uh, setting for that story? Oh, uh, it was, wasn't it like a camp or something? Good job. Yeah, Good was, job, my friend. It was like a, a camp, group of yeah. teenagers have adventures while at summer camp. Yeah. Uh, and that lasted, uh, I guess, for two years. Uh, it started uh, June 1st, 1991, and ended June 29th, 1992. Yeah, I've heard of that. It was um, like on a Nickelodeon show. Yes, it was on Nickelodeon, yes, because they had Salute Your Shorts and Hey Dude. Yep, yep. Uh, What about The Heights? No, never heard of it. Okay, The Heights was an American musical drama series that aired on Fox on Thursday nights at 9 o'clock. It premiered uh, August 27th, 1992, and ended November 26th, 1992. Never heard of that. Mm -mm. Now... Uh, what's interesting, a nerd fact about that, is uh, they they really sang and uh, had music on that show. And uh, there was a song come out called How Do You Talk to an Angel. That was like the cast members from the TV show. It really became a hit. Hmm. How Do You Talk to an Angel. Have you ever heard of that song? That sounds familiar. Look it up, I would say. You probably recognize it. I'd say I probably have. So. So well, you how, do, how do I do? How do I do? List. You you pass. Okay. I will give you a P. Yeah, all you right. Pass. You actually done pretty good. I know pop culture. There was there was a few really. I'm, you no, know pop culture. No, I'm just saying I know pop Ned, culture. Ned, you want to ask us some pop culture questions? No, not today. Okay. <laughs> Quit playing on your phone, Ned. We're working over here. Okay, so we can move on to some listener text. Uh, you started out the first, didn't you? The first of the show. Mm-hmm. Let me start out. Let me pick this one up here. All right. It's from Bruce. Goose, you mentioned that you liked working out. How long have you been doing that, and do you have any tips for a beginner like me? Do you want to uh, answer that as well? No. I mean, okay. look at me. I, I've been, I've been, you know, I mean, honestly, for 15 years, I mean, you really can't tell that by looking at me, but, you know, 15 years ago, I was in really good shape. You know, I had abs. I'll never have abs anymore because that was way too hard. Uh, I guess for the last five years, I've been hitting it pretty regular. Um, I don't lift heavy. Uh, I lift moderate weights and do high reps. Uh, so that would be my tip. Just start out slow. Uh, don't eat a lot of bad carbs. Uh, 
Well, tell, uh, the best thing to take after a workout is to drink Nesquik chocolate milk. Seriously, that is better than any of the expensive pre-workout stuff that you can buy. Nesquik chocolate milk. So, um, what I will say is probably just do the opposite of what I usually do. And okay. Don't eat mashed potatoes. Okay. So you I, eat a lot of mashed potatoes. I love mashed potatoes. He has mashed potato mouth. I have mashed, mashed potato <laughs> mouth. Yes. That's... Yes, you do. Now, do you put a lot of butter in your mashed potatoes? I put butter and uh, bacon in my mashed potatoes. Really? <laughs> I, I try to make them as fat as I can. Okay. Okay. What about gravy and biscuits? Do you like that? Yes. Have you ever took a, ma- a biscuit and just stuffed mashed potatoes inside of it? No, but I want to do this week. Okay. <laughs> what about KFC mashed potatoes? You like those? Those are good. They I, are I good. I mean, for like but fast food stuff, those yeah, are good. They are, they are good, but they're like a little, they're they're kind of thin. Like they're not thick like a right. like a mashed potato but yeah i'm mean, for for a fast food place they're pretty decent okay uh okay so read away on. so the lone gunman uh hey goose it's been a while since i've written in uh that doesn't mean that i've not been listening hello and welcome cronkite and ned uh wiry the recent news uh events you you may be right goose wiry with the recent with events. the recent events uh trump may tweet a lot a lot of secrets this year Cronkite, you mentioned last week that you like racing. Who's your favorite driver? What kind of things do you collect? Um, so it depends on what series. Uh, you know, for like NASCAR, I'm kind of a Kyle Larson fan. Um, I've never heard of that guy, Kyle Larson. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm a Kyle Larson fan. He he was. Uh, what about Danica Patrick? Is she, does she still race? She doesn't still race. No. Oh, okay. No, she doesn't. She she quit a few years ago. Uh, you know, uh, of course, you know Larson had that mishap this year where he misspoke and. Had a lot of. I know that was of, terrible when he was trouble. coming around that turn and he stuck his head out the window and yelled at that guy. Is that the mishap you're talking about? No. Uh, I'll tell you about it off air. That's okay. not something we can say okay. on. on gotcha. the, um, but um, you know, I, I, I'm a I'm a Larson fan. I'm hoping he'll do good in NASCAR. Uh, now, if we're talking about you know IMSA, I'm a Ricky Taylor fan. Or Ricky Taylor fan, Jordan Taylor. I like I like the Corvettes. I like the Acura Team Penske Team Corvette. If Go sports. If, if we're talking about uh, F1, you know, I'm a McLaren fan. Well, that does stand for Formula One. That does stand for I Formula One. I don't know what that stands for. I'm a McLaren fan. I like Norris, and I like uh, – I can't remember who's uh, – uh, Ricciardo is going to be racing with them this year. Um, what about Kyle Petty? Does he still race? Kyle Petty does not still okay. race, no. But, you know, it depends on what, what, you, uh, what, what series you're talking about. But now the things I collect are sheet metal – I collect the diecast race cars. Now, what do you mean sheet metal? Uh, like the the pieces that come off the car after they've been wrecked or they've been they've oh, been. Oh, they, do they just give that stuff away? Mm-hmm. Well, no, you have to buy it. Okay. But, but yeah, I mean, I collect anything like that. Um, but you should see my house; it's terrible. Well, <laughs> I'll tell you what: since you collect stuff like that, I have got a uh, used styrofoam cup that Jeff Gordon drank out of mm. at the nineteen ninety four. Uh, race from Tallahassee, and I will take five dollars for it. Really? Yes. Do you have a certificate of authenticity with yes, that? Yes, I do. Okay. Uh, Lone Gunman, who is your favorite? <laughs> Who's your favorite? Now, if we're if we're talking about past drivers, I, I like I like Dale Earnhardt, obviously. Uh, Jeff Gordon, Mark Martin, the guys of the nineties. They're I like them all. But you know what. Right back in, Longo. I mean, I want to know, uh, you know, who, who's your favorite drivers? Yeah, and the first part of his question, I don't think that guy is going to be tweeting anything. Uh, 
But, you know, I, I think it would be awesome for him to share some secrets. For sure. And I honestly think that he will. What about you, Ned? Do you think that he'll share some secrets some way? If he has a way to do it, I mean, they, they literally shut him down on every platform. What about is he shut down on YouTube? But, you know, I mean, it's not going to surprise me a bit for him to, right. you know. And I hope, you know, I hope that he does. I, I hope mean, he does too. He yeah. could answer a lot of questions. So. Yeah, it's got, uh, yeah, YouTube's on the list. So he's shutting down on YouTube. Well, maybe there'll be some written articles about him and so forth. Uh, let's see. Our next uh, text comes from Ed of the Dead. I like that name. That's pretty cool. Great show, guys. I was wondering who else uh, you had upcoming as guest this year. Also, congrats on getting Elliot's article segment. I really enjoyed last week's and look for further to more. Uh, we do have John Vance coming up, and we will have Richard Miles coming up. Uh, I've not really thought about it. Uh, you know, we have so much going on during the week at the Cookie Factory, and we're also talking to the local radio station. I'm sure... That after we get on that platform, we'll have more people mm-hmm. come along and opportunities for more guests will For sure. Up. And that's something I'm really excited about, too. Me, too. So. I'm still working on uh, Jessica for you. Okay. Thank you very much. And Justin Bieber for Oh, sounds good. Thank sounds you. Sounds good. Thank you. Uh, Michael texts in, says, I'm texting to ask uh, that you do another listener-submitted topic show soon. And now add a, re- a viewer-requested topics to the YouTube show. That's a I, good idea. Yeah, it is a good idea. I enjoy them. Just wish they were longer. Uh, they need uh, The behind-the-scenes picks looked great last week, too. Uh, we need more of that. Roswell. Well, uh, I don't really – the 15 to 20-minute mark is what we try to stay at on the YouTube show mm-hmm. for, you know, I mean, because, like you said, you used the word ramble earlier. Mm-hmm. If we get on there and rambled on, I don't want to bore people to death. I want to get on, state their business, keep it interesting – and cut it short and sweet. Years ago, I had read, and this is a long time ago, I read articles on YouTube videos. If people starting out keep them shorter, they get more people interested and more people view them versus you click on something at 30 minutes. Now, right. you know, that was years ago. It might not be the same thing. But, you know, me thinking right now, I think as long as we keep it at 15 to 20 minute mark, and we may go up to a half hour in the future, and we may record one of our shows that we're recording and put it on YouTube as we do recording. That may be something we may do, you know, later on this year. What do you think about that? I think it'd be an excellent idea. So, and who was that that wrote that in? That was Michael. Thank you very much, Michael. Uh, caller 825, Binary Beats Work. I've been using them for 13 years now. I play them every night when I go to sleep. I switch the ones that I listen to every four to five weeks. Nikola Tesla's Beat code was 369 and was used for healing. You also mentioned doing some Randonautica videos. Have you ever heard about the teens who found a body in Florida uh, by thinking about finding a body? I actually have heard of that story. We watched that. So, yes, yes, me and Ed actually watched that. So they thought of finding a body. They actually found a body. Wow. Now, you don't want to step off on a 10th floor, but you will go play Randonautica. That just does not make any sense to me. Well, yeah, but Randonautica's not going to take me to another dimension that I know of. What if it does? What if it? What if we're out and uh, we're walking to get to a place and you fall down a well? And me and Ned's there, and we have to run and get help. 
Well, because I'm and not. And that goes walking. up and goes, help, help. But I'm not going to. Cronkite's in the well. Cronkite's in the well. <laughs> but I'm not going to be walking. I don't walk. I don't yes. do that. Well, you have to walk <laughs> the Randall lot. Or you think we're going to drive right up to him? Yes. No. I'm no. Cronkite. He, he stays in the vehicle. <laughs> Why? <laughs> <laughs> Why? Does, does, does Cronkite complain if he has to walk somewhere? <laughs> yeah. Do you? I hate this it. is too far. This is stupid. Pack me. This is stupid. Can we get a pack get, me? Why can't we think of something on the road? Uh, did you guys look into the binary beat stuff? No, I did not. I actually went back and looked when I got this email, and he's right. Three six nine was the code that the fr- frequency that Tesla recommended that it does healing and so forth. That is something that is really kind of fascinating. You know, there's people that actually do believe it works that are doctors or some say that it does not work. But, you know, there's been cases where it has worked, and there's been other cases where it hasn't worked. I guess it just depends on, you know, the individual doing it. If you assume that it's going to work, and your success may be higher. Kind of like the placebo effect? Exactly. Okay. Go ahead. So Albert writes in. um, Albert writes in mm -hmm. is his name? No, just Albert. Oh, okay, Albert. Uh, here to Chew Bubblegum, first time I've ever written in. I love continuing stories, or I love the continuing stories like you did last week with the Truth Is Out There series. When are you going to do another Truth Is Out There? Uh, well, how long has it been since we did the last one? It's been about a month. Yeah, probably. it's been three or four weeks. We'll, we'll try to do one this month. Okay. Uh, maybe we could do the listener uh, uh, requested stories and uh, the Truth Is Out There. will be part th- or chapter three this time. Be exciting. So those are really good. So uh, send in your ideas. Mm-hmm. We will uh, receive those ideas, hash them over, and see what we can find out. And hopefully, in a couple of weeks, we'll do a show with those. Absolutely. Uh, let's see. My last listener text comes from Nelson. He says, "Good show, entertaining, insightful, and better than George Norrie, who is now the host of Coast to Coast AM." But George Norrie's been the host of that for quite a while. But thank you very much, Nelson, for writing in that way. Well, fantastic. So my last one is Samantha. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd like to hear your thoughts on the Betty and Barney Hill case that Elliot mentioned in his segment last week. Oh, that is a definitely a good story. Uh, once you put an X by that one, let's okay. let's talk about that one next week. Our question of the week responses from last week. Uh, some douche named Bart Wagner wrote in. And said, uh, I believe a secret government agency exists. Now, what are you now our question of the week was, did you believe in a men in black or a secret government agency? Okay. Uh, so why is this guy a douche? Is he, is he like, does he aggravate you or something? No, no. He just just his, his Facebook profile picture. Uh, kind of douchey. Him, yeah. Okay. Just, just the way that he wrote it. You just like, real arrogant. R- read that. I believe a secret agency exists. <laughs> you know, he doesn't tell us why or anything. So, no, but Bart, thank you very much for contributing yeah, to that. Yeah. That really does mean a lot to me. Yeah. Uh, Bart's actually a friend of mine, nosy. Yeah. So, I was just giving him a hard time. Oh, well, thank, thank you, Bart, for writing in. Sasha Pinson writes, definitely believe in a secret agency. Uh, thank you, Sasha. Yes, thank you very much. Bobby Akers wrote, after reading the Mothman prophecies, I absolutely believe in MIB. I don't know if they are government, though. Hmm. <clears throat> I wonder, well, yeah, that's true. Yes. All right, so David Rep uh, says both. They are separate from each other. That is a very good thing, and that goes mm-hmm. along with what Bobby said. Yep. 
Uh, let's see. Good. You need good. I, I'll I'll read this one and you get that big long. One. <laughs> uh, Josh Murphy writes maybe a private independent company that contracts through the government, and that goes along with Bobby and David. Yeah. So uh, I definitely point. believe that they exist. What was that, Ned? There you go. So, <laughs> all right. So, uh, start at Edge wrote. Um, the question is somehow ambiguous. I ask, whose government? Or did you refer to governments in general? Either way, I am pretty positive that the immense majority of governments in the world have a some secret or agency or agencies operating in the shadow. Having said that. I also am convinced that the luckiest combination consists of only two categories. One, good people, governments with secret agencies, though chance of that to exist is almost zero. And two, governments usually small and almost unknown without secret agencies as they don't need any. As for men in black, it is almost impossible to make a map uh, on that. Uh, as the as the connotation and interpretation range given to this term is huge. Thank you very much for Started Edge for your response to our question of the week. Uh, Our new question of the week. If you could travel in space, where would you go? Ned, where would you go if you could travel in space? If I could travel in space? Yes. Probably Mars. Mars? Cronkite? Uh, I'm going to... um, I'm going to a super earth. Oh, that is that is you know, I'm 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 gonna pull a you this week. Yeah. I'm gonna copy that answer. I think I would also go to a super yeah, earth. I think I'm gonna go to a super earth. I wanna see what it's like. Yes, me too. And again, our new question of the week, if you could travel in space, where would you go? How can you respond to our question of the week? Well, you can always respond to us email or text message, call, text. Leave a voicemail at 606-373-3396, or you can email us, goose at here to chewbubblegum.com, or myself, Cronkite, at here to chewbubblegum.com. Uh, great show this week. I have enjoyed this. I've looked forward to this all week. I look forward to it next week. Yeah, me too. Uh, this is a lot of fun. It, 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 it is a lot of fun. We've had some <clears throat> live interaction, uh, text. Please keep that up. I uh, thank both parties for Texting in, uh, the second one, making us laugh. Uh, yeah. That was really good. Definitely. Uh, special thanks to Carlin for all the voiceover work and for letting us use the music of Flannery. CK Uncle B on ST3B over at deadpit.com. Uh, T-shirt Joe at fastcustomshirts.com. Stacy, Greg, and all the gang over at The Edge Studios. That's The Edge, spelled T-H, number sign three on YouTube. Look them up. Uh Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. Don't forget our midweek moment show coming up on YouTube this Wednesday. We look forward to seeing you there. Do you have anything to say in closing? I don't. I mean, uh, everybody have a good week, good, safe week. Let's re- let's reconvene here on Sunday, and we'll talk about it. We will, and please be careful when, you sh- when you're shaving your nose again this week. I certainly will. All right. My unibrow won't get in the way this time. <laughs> have a good week, and we will see you guys on Wednesday. Goodbye. Thanks for listening to Here to Chew Bubblegum. Tune in next time as we dive deeper into things the government doesn't want us to know.